Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is the smiling tiger, Daryl. <laughs> you know, he does smile. He does have, he has an infectious smile. Um, so smiling tiger definitely worked there. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, episode 228. Uh, Daryl, did you notice the title of the show in the, uh, in the show notes that I sent you? Yeah, so I was wondering about that last part. Okay, so this is episode 282, Godzilla versus Kong versus keeping my eyes open. Because... <laughs> Yeah, spoilers. Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, all right. So this week we are obviously talking Godzilla versus Kong. We are going to give a spoiler-free rundown of the first part of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you want to hear the rest of that in the commentary track, you know where to go. Go to patreon.com uh, slash infamous podcast and back it, and you can get all of those. Uh, we're also doing another comic book review this week. We're going to talk about Nightwing 78. Uh, I, I'm... I'm not going to put too much hyperbole on this, but it's the best modern comic book I've read in the last five years. Um, <laughs> and then we got a ton of news bites. Um, before we get to that, though, sticking with the intro here, um, we are not going to review Invincible on the show. We're not even going to do a standalone, um, mainly because I don't want to put words in your mouth, Daryl, but I hate it. Okay, so... I'll tell you what I like about it. I love the animation. Yeah, there's things to like, I, but and I like some of the voice casting, not all of them. But this is not invincible, and I don't want to be that guy. But th you know, there are some things that you change when you do a property from right. book or print to media, live action, or not even live action, but animated or small screen, big screen, yep. whatever. But fundamentally, the problem is when you fundamentally change who the characters are, it makes for <clears throat> this show has so much potential just by taking the source material. And it, what they've done is I don't get I don't even get I haven't even gotten excited watching an episode yet. And yeah. that for a show like this, for a comic. And yes, I know I was late to the party. You know, Dude, there's no one. such thing as late to the party. If you guys haven't read Invincible yet, it's my yeah. top two favorite comic books. Of all time. It's amazing. And, I'm reading, again, I'm yeah. rereading it right now. Yeah. I reread it leading up to all of this to, to you know, be ready for it, which is why I feel like the uh, the disappointment there was was legit and real. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to go into that. Um, I just don't want to do something where we're bashing it every week. Yeah. And, you know. I think it's fair enough to say we're, 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 we're as a show not enjoying it. And it's just, I, I, I don't want to go back and watch the episodes a second time. Uh, I, I don't understand the creative choices that they've made. And it just makes me fear like, so like Seth Rogen and uh, Ian, wait, right. Ian Goldberg. Was it? I'm not sure. Uh, his partner. I forget his name. Um, Evan Goldberg. Um, you know, they did not – I did not like their version of Preacher either. Um, and I was oh, hoping he did that. Yeah. because it was going to be an animation, <laughs> it was going to be better. And, yeah, <laughs> um, it wasn't. But anyway, yeah. all right. So so that being said, um, we're not, we're not going to cover Invincible. So um, I was really looking forward to doing just that. And I'm I'm really sad that um, Amazon let us down. 
You're the chosen one. <laughs> Apparently, good story had the high ground in this situation. Um, <laughs> now the carcass is burning in the fires of Mustafor. <laughs> yep. Anyway, all right. So up first is Mortal Kombat. Got pushed back a week. Um, I don't look at this as a big deal. Um, it's just we were looking forward to it, and I thought that this was well worth talking about. Um, it, it was just pushed back, um, and yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Well, I, and I also read that if it comes out, then um, let the venom let there be carnage got pushed back a week, but that's okay. not until September. Ah, but and, that I mean that's for the theaters, though, right? Yeah, that's that's supposed supposedly in theaters. We'll see. Yeah, this is the hybrid type release, yep. which I, I find it interesting that they're pushing the, that back a week and only two weeks away. Or it, well, it would have been theoretically two weeks away yeah. now when it was got announced. So I don't know. Interesting, but yeah, that's it's not a big dent. That's you no, know, when you get it, pushed back a week. That's, yeah, I mean it's it's this is another one that we're we're actually really looking forward to, and you know it just happened to get get pushed back. So. You know what? Are you, what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I it doesn't change my enthusiasm for it. It's not like Black Widow that keeps getting pushed back and back and back and back and back <laughs> and back. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I mean, that was just a quick bite there. Um, something to to talk about and and just let everybody know that it is not coming out when we thought it was. All right, um, Obi-Wan had a big reveal this week uh, from Variety. They actually listed the the cast, I guess, or I guess th this would be the main cast um, of the show. And it was uh, obviously Ewan McGregor, which I'm totally excited about, Hayden Christensen. I'm excited and terrified all at the same time. We'll get to that. Moses Ingram. Um, Joel Edgerton coming back as Owen and Bonnie Pisces uh, coming back as Baru. Camille Nanjani, not at all excited, even though I love him. Uh, India Varma, Vama, right? Varna. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., um, Han, <laughs> Simone <laughs> Kessel. I was about to say, just call him Han. Yeah. And uh, That's oh, how I know. Sung Kang. Uh, Simone Kessel, not castle run just castle uh and benny safty soft eye something like that um these are kind of the, this is the main uh cast and we we really we only know who ewan hayden joel and bonnie are playing yeah it's so everyone else is a uh, is building a mystery <laughs> yeah um oh man i was about to Break out in the Sarah McLaughlin. Uh I I don't even know why I said building a mystery and why it popped into my head <laughs> when I said it, but you know. Um so Moses Ingram was is most famous for um the Queen's Gambit. She was um the friend, <laughs> I guess that the, yeah. in the orphanage. Uh everybody knows Camille. Uh Indria Var Varma. Uh, is O'Leary Sand. She was in Torchwood. She's been in a ton of stuff. Rupert Friend, 
Um, you knew what he was in. I didn't. Yeah, he was in like the big thing. He was in the uh, hit one of the Hitman reboots yeah. from 2015. Okay. And, and he's been in a, lot, in a lot of other stuff too. But that was he was also in uh, that show Homeland. Oh, okay. I liked yeah. Homeland uh, for the first couple seasons until they killed yeah, uh, Adrian Brody's character. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, I was about to say spoilers. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson yeah, that, Jr. from yeah. The Long Shot and Straight Outta Compton and being Ice Cube's kid. I actually like him a lot. Um, He's in Godzilla, too. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in Godzilla. Um, not this one, but. Right. So, uh, Sung Kang, who, you know, obviously is Han from uh, The Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, and then five, six, seven, and eight. Um, Simone Kessel is a relative unknown, and so is Benny. <laughs> I like how you just said, so is Benny. So is Benny. Just Benny. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think having, I think having Joel and Bonnie coming back as, as, uh, Owen and Lars, or Owen and Lars, uh, Owen and Baru is a, is a nice touch. Um, it has me excited. Uh, Hayden coming back, you know, Kathleen Kennedy said the rematch of the century, and it's like, mm. This story group really doesn't know anything about Star Wars, do they? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. I was talking about Kathleen Kennedy. My brother sent me a text about some characters he's heard about that are in Star Wars now, including uh, the High Republic thing with The Rock and stuff like that. Geo. And I said, yeah, uh, yeah, and I said, Star Wars is a joke. Anything, and I told you this just a second ago before we started recording, anything Kathleen Kennedy is directly involved in, I am extremely worried about because she doesn't know what she's doing. It's not that I don't like what she, she doesn't know what she's doing. That's obvious. And although Deborah Chow, I mean, I like what she's done in the Star Wars universe. I can't remember which episode she directed of The Mandalorian, but... I am. I'm not going to even say cautiously optimistic. I'll, I'll just say I'm cautious about this show. It has some good points. Again, Ewan McGregor in it. You know, Edgerton and yep. you know, and and Bonnie. You know, reprising their roles of Owen and Baru. Yep. You know, I like Indira and I like Rupert Friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I like. I mean, I like the people that I know. There's several people in here I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Moses, I've only seen her in, obviously, in The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. So I'm cautious about this. I just, I'm, again, that whole Kathleen Kennedy, of the rematch of the century that keeps sticking in my brain. And again, I honestly believe some of these, some of the people at Lucasfilm are actively trying to tear down the foundation of Star Wars to rebuild it in their image or what they, they perceive to be the right way to go. Yeah. And I really hope Obi-Wan, this series does not help foster that agenda. If, yeah. it, if it's if they can make it stay true to that Star Wars canon, I I will be I will welcome it. But I, yeah. I and again I don't want to be too you know dour. That's why I'm just saying I'm cautious with this because yeah. I don't know where the direction they want to go. Yep. Maybe maybe as it starts filming, we'll hear more tidbits about it. But right now, I'm just cautious about it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, can Camille scares me? Uh, the most from the actor pool just because, like I told you before we started, he's got one character um, right. and I like that character I do, I like it a lot when it's in the right movie, 
um this is not to like i i hope he can show some acting range that we haven't seen from him yet um because i don't know if this is the right movie for him (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah i can't see him being in the star wars universe other than something that's a droid and a droid like you know with the you know like alan tudyk was in you know, Rogue One. Yeah, but we've already had that sarcastic. Yeah, and, and I know like, that that's going to the well. Do you want me but... to give you another fresh one, droid? <laughs> I love that's that. My favorite love line. That. That's my favorite line in all I of Rogue love One. That I mean, they cut out this is a rebellion, I rebel. Um, yeah. So, um, do you want another fresh one? Has to be the next best line <laughs> in the movie. Um, <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, no, but no, you're right. I, I'm thinking probably droid, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but to your point, we. It's like they have to inject that comic droid in every in Star Wars. Everything. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, my hope. So this show to me, and and this just shows how little I, I'm thinking of the their ability to pull anything interesting off at this point is as long as it doesn't mess with the original trilogy and and try to retcon anything. Um. Because we're already getting Pando Lando um, in June. And, you know, we have these legacy characters and we have all these creatively bankrupt people uh, writing books and comics and movies and shows within the the Star Wars universe. Um. And they've already shown there. There's no such thing as a sacred cow. No. So, anyway, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's something that we we can hope for the best. Uh, plan for the worst, isn't that the the old saying there? Yeah, something so, along those lines. Uh, That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah, kind of yeah. sitting on that fence right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so sticking with Star Wars for something that does actually look cool, um, the Bad Batch trailer came out, and it's on YouTube. You should go watch it. Uh, I will say I was excited to see that it is not a downvote um, party for this one. It had 42,000 votes on YouTube, and that's what – if if you if you guys are following along, like definitely if they put up a High Republic video, downvote it because we need to make it known that we're not interested in that garbage. Um, but for stuff like this, one hundred percent, give it an upvote, like give it a like, um, because as long as you like it, yeah. Well, but I mean, it's just like even if you don't it's... necessarily like it, like this is the type of like this is where we want to have some some stories told until they can get their collective shit together, um. But the trailer was great. Uh, Rex shows up, which which is exciting. So everybody automatically assumes we're going to see, see Ahsoka. But you, and um, you saw, oh, do you sorry. also see um, the the shot of Finnick Shan? Too? Yeah, Finnick is in it a couple times. She's she's in it uh, two two or three times in the trailer. And then the but the thing to think about here is, um, you know, uh, Ahsoka and Rex have have met since the end of clone wars but like i'm okay if we don't see any actual jedi in this one um i find the most interesting star wars stories happen when they don't have the crutch of the jedi to prop them up right 
Yeah. So the reason I always want to see Jedi is because I always see the 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 um the cinematic trailers for things like Knights of the Old Republic games or whatever, and they just look amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's but a different to, time and era, though, as well. Yeah, and and again, that's why I would like Star Wars to expand out. And I don't mean, I mean the TV shows as well. Stop being in this 90 to 100-year little timeline and expand out. But as far as the Bat Batch goes, as far as this trailer goes, this is a lot of fun. Well, then the High Republic and is for you. You would think, you know, you would think, honestly, but again, what you said earlier creatively bankrupt that's all i'll say the bad batch however it it all one again watching this trailer put me in mind to say dude you need to go back and watch the four episodes with these guys in it because you absolutely again, should and while you're at it watch the jenny tartofsky um clone wars which is up now oh, okay so and again this is an example you know like to your point when you were talking about you know voting for this is the type of stuff we want shows creativity and you know it shows the ability to tell stories good stories yes. you know interesting stories not Star stories that are you know, wagging stories. their finger at yeah not <laughs> not stories that are right wagging their finger at us saying this you should do this you should accept this or whatever you this looks should really accept a rock can fly a spaceship with no arms yes. mouth hands eyes <laughs> legs feet or any sort of telekinesis so I yeah I'm I think this weekend I'm gonna go watch those first four episodes. Cool. Yeah, I mean you can knock seven. them out. They're like, I mean in total actual runtime you're looking at like 21 minutes, so you're looking at just under two hours, or just yeah, over an hour, like, like a mini mini just like a little novella movie type thing. So it's a that's, very, to, that's, that's a very special episode of Boy Meets uh, World. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right. So, sticking with clones, um, and creatively bankrupt. You you shared this one with me, and uh, you know, we we are both fans of of Eric July, um, and and we we actually both appreciate his insistence on calling out tokenism, in in comics. And I know you disagree with his take on Miles. Um, I disagree to a point. Uh, oh, I, like, like I do too. Like, this to is a point. this yeah. is bad. This is just this and and so I just want to the so the uh, uh, Saladin Ahmed's Miles Morales Spider Man run and longtime Spider Man fans may recognize it a little. Miles Morales is getting his own clone saga, well, where he'll have to face his own doppelganger as they terrorize Brooklyn. All the fun starts in Miles Morales Spider Man number twenty five. Now, this is where, like, the creative bankruptcy is uh, just put out for all to see. This new storyline, they should have 100% put new in quotes, promises to mess up Miles' life even more than Peter Parker's clone saga messed up his. Impossible. The young hero's world will be turned upside down when he comes face-to-face with three distinct Miles clones, each expertly designed by uh, Carneo. And oh, it just jumped on me. Um, the result of the assessor's sinister meddling, these clones, the uh, these clone creations will spread havoc throughout Brooklyn, and Miles is the only hero who can shut them down. 
Get your first look at this all-new trio, trio of deadly doppelgangers in the Miles Morales Clone Saga trailer featuring never-before-seen artwork. Um, yeah, so, like, th this is not... There's nothing new to this. This is just taking the Peter Parker Clone Saga um, and, and, and putting Miles in the place of Peter. And you know what it also does... Um, for people like us that like Miles as his own character, and again, th it's it's impossible to say. Like I, I'm not here to tell you that Miles doesn't have similarities to Peter Parker. I'm just not going to say that. I love Miles as a character, which again, one of the reasons it took me so long to start reading Miles Morales' Spider-Man is because of the whole tokenism thing, and that was before the that word was bandied about. But I just saw him was like, oh, so they they just they just reskinned Spider-Man. Then that, and then you kept telling me it was a good, you know, it was a good book. It was a good book. And I finally read it. And I was like, okay, I actually really like this book. So I but, liked Miles more in the ultimate universe than I like him in the 616. Um, yeah. the, and the, that's what I read. I read when he was in the ultimate yeah, universe. The Spider-Men where the 616 Peter met with the ultimate Miles was an interesting book. Wasn't great, but it was interesting. Um, you know the the thing with Miles is he's 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 a he's an amalgam of a bunch of different versions of Peter and Ben and Kane, right? Just kind of all mm -hmm. like mashed together, and, and that's not that's not or, and um, you know uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine uh, Miguel, um, so you know it, it it's it's one of those things where it's just like okay I'm. <laughs> It's the same story. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't want to say that either because I like Miles. Uh, I thought I did not. I was not as high on Spider-Verse as most people. Like, we saw that together with our buddy Carlo. My buddy Carlo, I guess. Um, and, and Carlo was all about it. And I had a real hard time coming out of there and not being like, what movie did you watch? I really liked it. I mean, I mean, yeah. and again, I've I liked it. it. Again. I, I've watched it a bunch of times. It's good. It's not yeah, the best yeah, Spider-Man movie, but it's oh, good. No, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the problem with me was the animation at first, but, and then the, I didn't like that last act was a little bit, but this like for, for, so for, for people who really like this character and really like the, and like you said, he is a combination of like several different characters and ways but when you do something like this, you just you show your inability to take this character, this but he's an original character, but he's tokenized right. into it's his own direction. You know, you're feeding off the past past stories that have already been set for you and just taking stuff away instead of sitting down and saying, Okay, what is something that we can do that will be very interesting? Right. Not something that's already done. And this is the problem with so many comics. Or, no, I won't, I, let me take that back. This is the problem with this the creative space nowadays, whether it be mm -hmm. comics, whether it be movies, TV shows, cartoons, except unless you're talking about anime and manga, mm -hmm. which they are always very creative. Well, and they come out uh, with new stuff like every year. Yes. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm almost to the point where it's like maybe I'm getting, maybe I was wrong about manga and I need to dip my toe back in. Right. And, I mean, it's not going to happen, thinking. but I'm thinking maybe, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm never going to, but, um, but no, I mean like, this is the reason my poll list 
has been greatly reduced. Um, I don't get any of the Green Lantern books anymore. I don't get any of the Fantastic Four books anymore. I don't even get Spider-Man anymore. Um, I get Nightwing, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, I get Batman, but not Detective anymore. Uh, and I get... I pick and choose the X books instead of getting all the X books. And I pick and choose the star Wars books instead of getting all the star Wars books. And then like, I'll grab like things from like boom and, and dynamite, like Dune and the expanse and some other things here and there. Yeah. I just, I'm just so tired of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so tired. And again, we talk about, you know, we always talk, talk about Hollywood a lot and obviously we just talked about Lucasfilm, but Hollywood in general is like, Oh, there's another remake. There's another reboot. There's another reimagining. And you take your pick of one of those words. That's what this is. Okay. So it's, I just thought of something who owns, that? who owns Marvel and, uh, in star Wars. now. Oh, Disney. Okay. What is Disney's like, Oh. Like go to, they right reimagine stories. No, no, no. They they for since like other than Mickey Mouse, right? Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. is the only new thing they've ever ever done. Uh, Snow White was already a story. Sleeping Beauty was already a story. Uh, the Little Mermaid was already a story. <laughs> you know, uh, the only new one is is um, the Princess and the Frog, Moana. Uh, those are new stories. Those aren't based off of anything. Those are both very good movies. Uh, Frozen. It's just a version of the X-Men. Um, you know, you, you look you look at what Disney has done and like they're, they're not like Peter Pan was already a thing. Winnie the Pooh was already a thing. They, they, they just take and they reimagine this stuff and they sta- s- slap that stupid fucking castle on there. And they're like, hey, look at us. We're a bastion of creativity. And then they, they they've taken these companies, which, you know, Pixar was insanely creative they invented all sorts of new technology and you know the pixar movies get worse every time they come out uh lucasfilm uh, you can see the the effect they've had on lucasfilm the the force awakens when everybody was giving star wars a tremendous amount of goodwill um which and it's easily the best of the sequel trilogy uh you know made is one of the highest grossing films of all time the following two lost a billion dollars um, you know, actually two billion because neither one of them were able to match the the Force Awakens. Rogue One is probably the best standalone movie they've done because they didn't reimagine anything. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and, and and then you look at Marvel and it's just like they all they do is they sw- they 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 gender swap, they race swap, they they do just all of this stuff to to existing characters and IP, and it's not working at all. You know, like I, I was thinking today, like we're never, ever going to get the original Gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy or the Winter Soldier ever again. Those two movies came out the same year. That was the peak year for Marvel. It has all been downhill creatively since then. Yeah, those I mean, they changed the MCU like the because, again, I, you know, I, I even then I remember when we were going to see the winter soldier and being blown away what I just saw. Oh yeah. Because it, and again, it's one I tell people, I was like, that's a movie you can take out the superhero part and it's still a excellent movie. Well, the winter soldier is a, is a spy villain. Yes. Right. 
he's got he's got the mechanical arm. Like, never mind the super soldier serum. Um, ooh, I said that right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, words are easy today. Woo! Um, High five. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, um, Guardians of the Galaxy would never like even the second version of Guardians was not as good as the first version. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and not. it's not like that was a bad one. And I'm not saying the Marvel movies are bad, but like ever since Captain Marvel came out, it's been a downward trajectory. Oh, absolutely. Because they've replaced storytelling and this is on kevin feige uh with agenda yeah oh and and absolutely kevin feige has done a lot for the well he's he is the driving force him and favreau for why the mcu started but he is not without blame for what we're seeing coming Mm -hmm. and again we haven't seen it yet well we've well yes we have with captain marvel and certain snippets of endgame and things like that and Again, I based on what we have coming, I'm not excited for what the MCU is going to bring us. Right. And I know a lot of times people say it's superhero fatigue. No, not for me. I I can watch these a good superhero flick all day long. Yeah. I don't care. But they have to. These be don't look. Like, they have yes, to be good. and these don't look like quality. No. And again, uh, no. Here's the thing. They look like quality. They don't feel like quality. They don't okay. sound like quality. They're not written That's, like okay. quality. Yeah. Like. You can't take away the production value of these movies and TV shows. It is second to none. Like I still, I still say, WandaVision is the most creative thing Marvel's ever done. But here's the thing: I feel like we're outliers. Like everyone I talk to, and like you know, I mean, it's not like I'm talking to everybody on the planet, but like the people I talk to did not like it outside of you and I and my wife. And, Which it, and I'm it's funny because I, I was always defending it. And it's funny because, like, my friends and my tech, all of them that watched it really, really enjoyed it to loved it. So I don't know. Yeah. And to your point, and it's I think the first couple episodes were such an outlier in the sense of unexpected mm-hmm. that it, it probably turned some people off. And regardless of if they watched the rest of it, that might have colored their <laughs> I say colored and <laughs> it was in black and white but might have colored their opinion for the rest of the show but you are yeah. 100% correct when you say it's the most creative thing they've done in the, in the MCU mm-hmm. it's the most it, out, of, out it, of the box thing they've ever done and, yes. and I, I felt like it worked um, I thought it worked it, great it actually made me kind of want to go watch Age of Ultron I mean it's never going to happen but it made me kind of want to watch Age of Ultron um but yeah, so but to tie this back into the whole Miles clone ripoff, um, you know, it, it like the the Marvel comics have gotten so so bad. Like the Children of the Atom from from a couple weeks ago that came out, and it's literally gender race or yeah, gender and race bent versions of the original X Men for the most part, with Nightcrawler included and no Iceman. Um. So yeah, it's like come on, like they she could have done, so done this and um, what's her name? I it just faded from memory. Um, you know who I'm talking about? The writer. The writer for oh, uh, Children of the Atom. Oh, uh, I think I struck that from my memory. Like everything about that. Gotta make sure it's not the arcade game. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember that game. So it was. Uh, sorry, I have to. Oh, here, go 
Um, so why I'm I'm looking this up, but like, where did it go? Oh, uh, Vida Alia or uh, Vida Alia, right? Alia, A Y, Alia, whatever. So Vida, like, she was talking about how like, you know, she she does all of this for the LGBTQ plus agenda because she's an LGBTQ plus writer and she definitely self-incentered herself as Gambit um, or the, the tokenized knockoff Gambit. Um, but like we were talking about this earlier this week, like there have all like X-Men has always been massively diverse, not just on the page, but behind the page. And you know, she needs to aim higher. She needs to be like, I'm going to write, the greatest standalone story that anyone or whatever, the greatest story arc that anyone's ever written about X-Men. That's going to be my legacy. Not I'm going to push an agenda. Right. And, and, you know, like I, I picked it up because I'm a, a sucker for X-Men and I, I read the first half of it and I just had to put it down. The minute I read Cyclops last, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm not getting any more. <laughs> I actually, I actually, uh, yeah, just like it's like, are you kidding? Like this is is that this, this is what you're putting out? Um, yeah, no, no. And, and then she's like, she was talking about how like it needed uh, a perspective of the kids, and it's like, well, you know, they started as kids. No, you're canon. And then she's like, well, it's from the Gen Z perspective. Does anyone need the Gen Z perspective? Do we really need? No. A, do we need a, a an X man to be a TikToker? Yeah. Uh, oh. A By the grammar. way, yeah. How many of those people were buying comics? Uh, zero. Oh no, no. Let me so, let me rephrase that. That's an absolute, and I'm not a Sith. Um, maybe two percent of overall sales of a 4.99 book are are from yeah. people in in the the demographic that she's going for. And, and again, when you the too many of these writers and creators nowadays, like you said, are so focused on the agenda, they're not thinking. What is our audience? Who is our audience? So who is our yeah. audience? So Haley loves comics, right? And right, right. there are there are some modern comics that she likes, but for the most part, she likes reading the older stuff. Uh, she likes Grant Morrison. Um, and like while they were in Disney World, I went to the to the comic book store and I brought her home Death of the New Gods. You know, that's required reading. Like, you know, and, and, and she like that's the kind of stuff she likes. And so letting her go back through my back catalog of, of books and trades, you know, like there's nothing for her to read now that she would find interesting. She's not, she's not interested in being preached at. She doesn't, she doesn't care about, you know, she's just a good person and a good, like, you know, she's the best person I know. And, you know, she, that's, that's not, it doesn't drive her. She's like, she can see herself in lots of different people. Mm hmm. And that's the key, right? Like I can see 100%. myself. I can see myself in early Jean Grey. I can see myself in in Peter Parker. I can see myself in Bishop. Um, you know, in like I can see myself in Forge. I was a tinkerer. You know, I, I mean, I wasn't like yeah. a massive inventor like him, but I was like, what is Forge going to make this week? And, you know, and that's yeah, and that is such a great point, Brian, because. That was, when I hear people with some of these people talking about, you know, we want to make characters that kids can, you know, see themselves in. They are specifically talking from a racial standpoint mm -hmm. or, uh, 
you know, a, a, a sex standpoint. It's not what who the character is. And I've always, you know, you've, we've joked over the last, you know, when I said I identified, you know, I could identify with Captain America and you were joking, like, can you really do that? But you're identifying with who that person, who that character is right. in their core selves. Yeah. I mean, not, like, not you, the color you, of their skin. You example as a as a as an American black man, you identify with all sorts of characters who are not yeah. black, who are not male, who are not you. Mm-hmm. you yeah, know? like and that's a great ex- one. Of, um, I was just gonna share an anecdote. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first thing, one of the first characters we kind of bonded over was Buffy Summers because you love yeah. Buffy. Um, yeah, and you had the Buffy doll on your desk. Um, action figure. <laughs> it's a girl. We've been doing doll. this for what, fifteen yeah. years or something? Like, uh, call action since two thousand and four? No, six. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, but no, you, you, you identified things about yourself in Buffy. You know, you were, you know, you you come from a long line of slay- vampire slayers. You have dreams. You trained with a librarian and learned martial arts. Yeah. I mean, like. You're just not a blonde bimbo. <laughs> That's it. And I'm not like five two. So. <laughs> Relative, but yeah, it's. I've, and and again, what the example I was going to uh, give was Alita. Uh, that was yeah. another. Oh yeah. Character that I absolutely identified with. And again, I'm not a you know a souped up cyborg, female cyborg from. 500 years in the future or mm-hmm. anything like that but i identify with her as a... yeah that's true although if i can get some cyborg parts hey just as long as it doesn't look like justice league cyborg, I, i've told so. you if i could replace the entire <laughs> left half of my body like i'd get it done today yeah uh, yeah i would hell i just give me a just give me a vibranium arm and i'm good okay bucky <laughs> actually i'm gonna call <laughs> you ducky now Maybe a shot of that super soldier serum as well. Oh, that'd be great. I imagine that'd be a good like heals what ails you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's another example with Bucky. I can, there are things about him that you know I identify with, and I'm you know I'm not a yeah. mind wiped assassin or anything. So, it's yeah. about how the, it's about the character, and there's almost every character the character is done right. Almost everyone has something, and again, not just like a one-shot character, but a character you can grow with over the years mm-hmm. that you know they explore yeah. stuff with. There's at least character. one thing, like Kitty yeah. Pride. Kitty Pride was was the character for every single person who read X Men as their gateway yes. to the X Men. Kitty Pride yes. is is legitimately one of the greatest characters in comic books. Um, regardless of what they do to her, um. You know, we always have the Claremont run. Uh, but, yeah. All right. So we, we went off on a huge tangent here. Um, yeah. Let's hop over to, to Nightwing. Um, and something positive about comics. Definitely. So I read this, and I, I don't remember if I called you or texted you. Um, you called me. You were like, dude, yeah. you need to read this. Okay. So Nightwing, it's uh, like he. this is my favorite comic book character of all time, Dick Grayson. Um, I don't care if he's Nightwing, Robin, the target, um, you know, Grayson, uh, whatever it is. He, he is, he's my favorite and uh, renegade. Um, but like 
the summary for this book starts nightwing is back and i read that and i was like are you kidding like another nightwing is back and i read the book and when i i i, I wiped the tears away from my eyes um <laughs> i was like holy shit nightwing is back um so this is a uh, tom taylor wrote the uh wrote the book uh bruno redondo did the amazing artwork um yeah great artwork and, and so this is this is dick going back to back to bloodhaven um you know he he's got he's got villains again he's got blockbuster back blockbuster is his greatest foe um he has a new villain in in uh, tony zuko's daughter uh <laughs> he's got a three-legged dog um which i don't remember did he name it Oh, I don't think he did. If he doesn't name it Champion, <laughs> I'm gonna be really upset. Um, like Andy and April's dog in Parks and Rec, their three legged dog <laughs> champion. Um, but he's still like he's he he is a hero through and through. And and three things about this book, and then um, I'll let you get to it. One, he saves a three legged dog from a bunch of punk asses who are gonna hurt him. Two. He reestablishes himself within Bloodhaven. In three, Barbara showed up as Oracle to be the executor of Alfred's will. And this was the closure that he never got because when Alfred was killed by Bane, he was Rick Grayson. He had been shot in the head by KG Beast. He was having amnesia. He, he did not remember being Dick. Um, Richard. <laughs> um and in that the the two pages of Alfred's letter like I was like the 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 only time I've ever gotten like choked up from modern comics before this was when Wally West came back and nobody remembered him and he finally ca caught up with Barry and Barry pulled him back from the speed force as he was about to give up and just disappear and he told him I will always remember there's no there's no universe where I ever forgot you. And in Tom Taylor, Alfred's letter to Dick about, you know, I'm so proud of you. You're the son I wanted. I have all of this money and I know you're the one person on the planet who will do good with it. And think about that for a second. Dick Grayson is the one he trusts with his legacy, not Bruce Wayne. So, obviously, I don't have the history of Nightwing with Nightwing that you do. You know, I've read stuff here and there and, and you know, with DC and Nightwing and Batman and all this stuff. But just coming in with, as, as someone who is basically a normie, an outsider to this story <laughs> and what's going on. First of all, to your point of reestablishing himself, it does such a good job of someone who's just picked this up. And, and I don't know the history of you know what you were just talking about, him right. getting shot, Alfred getting murdered. I mean, I knew that happened before reading the book mm -hmm. just by you know bits and pieces on the interwebs. But I, di I didn't experience it. I, you know, I haven't experienced this character like you have over the mm -hmm. years. But even with me reading that letter, it, it was – the book was written so well and that letter was written so well that as someone who again doesn't have this history with these two characters 
it still put put a lump in my throat. And again, one of the, the one of the things funniest things is he did create one of the biggest monsters in those punks that were trying to chase the dog. <laughs> and I just. I, I just love the openness of this book. And what I mean by that is just <clears throat> it's telling a story. It's there's nothing agenda driven about it. It's it's what comic books is, what books it's what movies and TV shows should be, whether they're based on true story or not. Mm -hmm. It's about telling the best story possible. Right. And, you know, we harp on this all the time and this is all we want are telling the best story mm -hmm. possible and what comes of that, you know, and whatever you work in, it should be in service to the story and the story alone. And, and that's what this book does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what this, and, and again, it, it's one of those, I've read books where I'm like, okay, it's okay. And I don't pick it up again. Like one of the, the few books that I've loved over in the last year and a half is, are the super sons. I, I mm -hmm. love those books. Um, and this, this, uh, my foray into night, this Nightwing makes me want to pick up. Yeah, I'm going to start reading this now just so, because of yeah. what we got from this. So this type of issue is, is something that comics has not done well lately. This is a jumping on point. So when you have right. 80 years of canon as a character, you can't, you can't just pick up you know, a, a Nightwing book or a Robin book or a Batman book and know who Dick Grayson is. Every right. once in a while, when, when it comes time to a new arc – or a new direction for the character, you have this jumping on point where you give you, they had the background. They had him as a kid at Gotham Academy, um, meeting Barbara for the first time, meeting then detective Gordon for the first time and, and, and taking on some bullies who, you know, he was not a fully realized Robin yet. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he definitely he stood up for the kid who was getting picked on. He stood up for Barbara. Barbara stood up with for him. And and that was the, the beginning of a bond. And and that told you in the three page not even three pages, two full pages of, of that part of the story that told you everything you needed to know about who he was and what the relationship with with this girl was gonna be. Um and then when you see him in Bloodhaven, you, you realize he is a hero through and through. Absolutely. And then when you when when he goes through the letter and, and, and Alfred is 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 telling him about how proud he is and, and how you know he's he's the, the greatest person that Alfred has ever known. Um and he has more of a capacity to care than anyone that Alfred has ever known. It humanizes him. Yeah. And so with what happens then with Blockbuster murdering the mayor and, and putting Tony Zuko's daughter on the throne. It makes it that much more terrifying because here now you care about this character in, you know, it's, it's a 32 page book um, in, in, you know, 24 pages. You're, you're in love with this character already. Right. And then in eight pages, you're like, Holy shit. No, this is a good person. You can't do this to him. You can't let blockbuster crush his skull. Like he did the mayor. Um, you know, yeah, and so I'm I'm really excited because again, this this just shows that there are people out there that can create engaging stories and for the stories themselves, and 
just make these characters that you know these you know this character has been around forever and for people like me that have very little experience with him one i want to come back for more yeah yeah i mean tom tom taylor is you know i mean he's about our age he's he's a year younger than us um but you know he's australian born he uh he wrote for injustice gods among us he wrote deceased he wrote all new wolverine with um laura um you know he wrote x-men red so he's 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 actually done really good work in in a in a you know not a super long career but i mean he he's been at it for a while and he's you know he's got what it takes <laughs> yeah yeah he got me at the dog sighting <laughs> <laughs> he had you with the dog sighting got it all right so let's move on to uh falcon and the winter soldier <sighs> I, yeah, I, I'm still very ambivalent about this episode. I'm just not sure where I stand with it. Yeah, uh, what did I text you? I texted you something when it came out, uh, when I finished watching it. Uh, oh, I, I texted, I said, I can't tell if I liked... Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's parts that were really, really good. Um, you know, obviously we know Baron Zemo is going to be in the episode because of how last week ended. And Daniel Brühl, I think that's how you say it, was uh, was great. We had two big surprise characters return, which we'll talk more about in the um, commentary. Uh, one, well, both old for old familiar faces. Um, one, I was super excited to see because, you know, I mean, it's Sharon Carter because um, she's in the credits. Uh, the other, which I'm not going to spoil, was, was uh, a, a complete surprise. surprise. But yes. but there's some dialogue in, in there early on where it's like, oh, I was wondering if, if someone Me, yeah. of this ilk was going to show up. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I liked I liked Bucky's uh, orchestration of uh, the the escape, <laughs> the prison break. <laughs> um, they they threw in some some deep cuts for uh, I guess it'd be a deep cut for a normie, but some some fan service for the longtime Marvel readers with uh, Mandrapore. Uh That was cool, and. Um, the the scientist who's been working on the uh, <laughs> the super soldier for, uh, formula for the power broker uh, had a great line where he was talking about how he had cracked it and then he disappeared and turned to dust for five years. Um, I thought that was great. I thought that was just yeah. a great use of the uh, the snapping. Um, but yeah, it was it. it <sighs> I didn't. I. I don't hate this. I don't. I don't even dislike this series. Um, I. I just think after. I. Th I. I wish this was starting in June instead of starting when it started. Um, that they would have put something in between this and Wandavision, because Wandavision was so different from everything else in the MCU. 
this almost feels like standard fare. Yeah, and so when the first scene in the first episode, I thought, okay, this is what I wanted because you know, WandaVision was so creative and so different that I I kind I almost felt like I wanted a back to basics type show. Yeah, but and again, I don't get me wrong. I I like what I'm seeing. I don't love it. I I, I like it, and. Unfortunately for this episode, the thing that I thought would be my favorite part about the ep- favorite part about the series, which is the cor- the chemistry between Sam and Bucky, is the one thing that really started to grate on me in this episode. There were some really good things that, that and again, some good action, you know, scenes with Sharon Carter, with Bucky, you know, as the Winter Soldier. Um, Zemo, I thought was great. Yeah, uh, Daniel Brule. Well, I told you I thought the 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 banter between Bucky and Zemo was better than the banter between Bucky and yes. Sam. Um, I I think there's a scene where like Sam doesn't have his phone on silent, <laughs> which really and, people? and and yeah, and his sister calls and it's not like I'll call you back. It, you know, it's like dude, you just hang up on her. Be like, oh, she must have hung up. Um, and break your phone. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and again, one of the other things, uh, and we've talked about this, is Carly just as the leader of the Flag Smashers is just every time I see her in that role, and again, it's if she was another character, or she, it would it would be fine. Yeah, but as the leader of these super soldiers that are yes, they're you know they're doing the you know, helping other people out. And then something happens in this episode where it seems to go totally against what we've seen of her so far. And it just, it really just kind of disturbed me. Not necessarily in, it's just in a way like, okay, you've written her this way and she acts this way. And then this happens and it just really threw me off. So, and again, I don't have, I think as another character, she would be fine, but, for the character she's yeah, playing, she's not a strong I, enough I just, actress for the role that no. they have her in. She's, she's no, not, she's not. Like she was fine in Solo because she was in a mask most of the time, and like so she had, and she was treated kind of like Jaws. We heard more about her than we saw. Um, mm-hmm. And here, you know, she just she looks so sad. Um, you know, and and I I don't know if she just has resting sad face, um, but. Uh, <laughs> She just she looks like she's gonna break into tears at just any moment. Every like, time, yes. And and it's that like she's just she's a very earnest looking person, and and you know I'm not like I think she's very pretty, um, and and I think she's good in other roles. I think this yeah. is just a this was a role that they decided like hey we're gonna we're gonna make this male character a female, uh, and we're gonna. Go ahead and, you know, roll the dice. And and I I think, you know, it it did not pay off. I think if they had made her a new character and not called her Flag Smasher and, and like, you know, like they refer to her as Robin Hood from time to time. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe if she was like a more Robin Hood-esque character who was new for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. uh, Yeah. 
that would be that better. would have been fine. So that, yeah, but again, like this is this is that thing that that Marvel, uh, in this instance, goes back to the creative bankruptcy, and they're they're trying to dip into the Winter Soldier well, um, which is almost a nostalgia play at this point from two thousand nine. I mean, it's over ten years old, and it's not necessarily working um yeah there's just something like 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 you said like there's something that i can't put my finger on that's making me like not love this show yeah right and i remember with wandavision for example you know i I, i'm a huge fan of watching certain reactors i would watch i don't know how and again i would i would watch you know i'd watch the show twice and maybe watch one reaction and then we would do the show and then the next day i would watch like all these other people's reactions <laughs> you watch the rest of the reactions so. yes see i don't watch so with, i don't watch anything about i haven't watched anything about it I, i've actually only watched it the one time so far today um yeah same we'll here obviously watch it again because it's not something that i want to watch three times in one day and and that's that's what my point was with this show i've watched like just overall i you know there's like seven or eight reactors i usually watch I'll watch maybe one or two yeah. of them All right. because I just yeah. don't, I'm not interested in this. Yeah. Okay. Much. We'll we'll get more into it in the uh, in the commentary. But um, so out of five miscast flag smashers, what do you give it? I give it a three. A three. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's entertaining, but it's just it's not catching me like i want it to um yeah i i think because it got off on a weird foot um like it was it was good from the first bit of the scene and then we they they killed the entire momentum of the the first episode with sam's family yeah so like sam has a job (laughs) he is a military contractor i'm sure he's i'm sure he's making some serious coin uh, or if not, he should be. And yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I was just glad to see Sharon back this week. Um, yeah. e- Emily Van Camp is, is one. She seems ageless, <laughs> you know, she, yeah. like ever, she looks she the same as she did in Everwood or Revenge. Did you watch Revenge? No, I never watched that. Dude, OK, it was on ABC. The first two seasons of Revenge are legit awesome. Um then it kind of falls off the rails. But then it kind of, it kind of brings it back at the end. Um, but she was great in that show. Um, and that was what I knew her from because I didn't really watch Everwood. Um, but, yeah, like, I love her as Sharon Carter. Like, I, wanna, I want an Agent 13 series. Oh, absolutely. Like, that deals with her time during the snapping when she became essentially a supervillain. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I, I really like her as an actress, and I like the character. I, I kind of. I've wanted more of this character, so mm-hmm. I'm glad that yeah. we finally get to see her. Finally, you know, halfway through. Well, not quite half. Well, we're halfway there now. We're at the halfway mark now, but yeah. I really hope we have a lot more left of her for this season. Yeah. All right. So speaking of a lot more left, um, <laughs> Kong versus Godzilla. Or Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, okay, so Angel had to wake me up three times, and we were watching this in the middle of the day on Wednesday. 
<laughs> I fell asleep for like five or ten minutes in the first thirty minutes. It, it, it is. There are entirely too many humans. Um, I, I feel like Michael Bay probably should have directed this movie because he would have given <laughs> us what we wanted. Um, and I told you, no matter how bad this movie is, we still have that first trailer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I, I've seen a lot of people like Kong versus God, Godzilla versus Kong was great. I'm like, what movie did you watch? Now so. I will say the action was great. What little of the, it there was, absolutely. I was about to say the issue was that there again, there was a whole sub sub side quest, but pardon me, that was should have been just stricken from the the movie. Yeah. Oh like yeah. The one. The whole Kong 11. Arthur in Excalibur was uh, a little much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything with uh, Eleven in the hunt for wilder people, and. Yeah. Uh, Paperboy from Atlanta was just that should not have been in the movie at all. Like yeah. he's not making a mixtape about this for Earn to get airplay on. Um, yeah. so yeah, those three characters were absolutely pointless to be in this movie. I, so yeah, I really like Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and yeah, he was really bad in this. He was really yeah. really bad, and he did an interview where he talked about how. He looked at his character as like Brienne of Tarth, ha- uh, protecting uh, uh, what's uh, Eleven and and Wilder people. Um, <laughs> so uh, was it Josh and uh, Madison, Maddie? Uh, yeah, I, I just remember yeah. him from Deadpool. Yeah, he was the shithead yeah. in Deadpool who brought on the apocalypse. Um, yeah, so I so <laughs> I. Went back to watch uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, and I was like, I don't think I've seen this one. And then I started watching it. It's like, oh, no, I have seen this one. I deleted it from the memory bank because it was that bad. Oh, fun um, fact. Yeah. I went to see King of Monsters in the theaters, and fun fact, yes, I fell asleep on that one, too. Yeah. Um, again, too many humans. Uh, one of the other issues I had is Godzilla was just so darn cute. Um, when he was making his angry face, it's like it just want to put his cheeks. <laughs> just be like, look at you, you big king, kind of monsters, you big. Um, no, but Rebecca Hall, who I also normally love, was insufferable in this movie. Um, Kong bows to no one. He bows to no one. And then uh, Kaylee Hoddle as Jaya, Jai, Gia, um, Gaia, Gaia. Is that what it was? J I A. Anyway, um, yeah. Did we need a we did 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 we need the little little girl signing to the big monkey? Um. No, no. It's and again, this is one of those. This is another example in, in these movies that the the writers and you know the creators they often overthink things. You know, you wanna you want to see how a monster movie is made. Or a kaiju movie or whatever. Look at Pacific Rim, the first one. Yeah, like Guillermo should have directed this. Um, <laughs> you know. And granted, yes, there's there was stuff in there that you know the whole thing with um, what's his name, Charlie. Charlie Hunnam. I was about to say, Char- Char- no, not Charlie Hunnam, but um, oh, Charlie Day. From Charlie Day that and Born uh, Gorm. Yeah. Gorm Burn. Gorm Burn Gorm. Yeah, I, I like their chemistry, but some of that was a little unnecessary. But overall, 
I'm just saying from an overall standpoint, it gave us a lot of a lot of freaking monster fighting big giant robots. So yes, I, so I'm gonna say when it comes to all of these Kong and Godzilla movies that we've gotten with between Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla Queen of Monsters, and um, Kong versus Godzilla versus My Pillow. Um, Kong Skull Island is the best. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually a, I would say that's actually a good movie. Or I, a I movie, even though Brie Larson is in that movie, I really like that movie because she really tried in that movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, okay, have- you know, she wasn't she wasn't like denigrating me, telling me that because I'm a forty year old <laughs> white man, I can't like what she's doing. It's like, well, you know, if you say that, I'm probably not gonna like it then. Um. Like, going back to comics, you have certain female writers who are like, if you don't like my politics, don't read my book. Great. You just saved me $5. Yeah, I won't. Like, I'm actually kind of glad, like, the High Republic people put all their politics out there. Because, like, you know how much money you saved me? And how many Audible credits you saved me that I don't have to listen to this crap? (laughs) Um, You know, I I will say this. Um, The CG in this movie is freaking awesome. Um, yes. Kong's hair, for example, his fur looks real. It looks yeah, real. It, there, there's, there's, there's nothing like when they're fighting, um, in Tokyo or wherever it was Tokyo, right? Um, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Thank you. Uh, you know, that, that, that is amazing. Like when he dislocates his shoulder, you can see it. Like they did, yeah. a, they did a fantastic job with all of that. Even, um, Mecha Streisand look good, um, but there was just there was nothing to care about in this movie. No, there wasn't. Like again, like fifty percent less people and and twenty five percent more monster fighting, and it's about the right runtime at that point. Um, yeah, because I mean it is, it's it's almost two hours long, and. This Which is funny. Not. It's like the shortest of the ones, I right. believe. But it felt like it was like it felt like the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I kept. Uh, yeah, it because I said, "Oh, it's only like when before I started it, it I said, oh, yeah. it's not even two hours. This will be a quick one.'" And nope. it just and it didn't. It felt long until the climax of the movie, the fight. Yeah, and then I, then that was over too quickly for me, and I'm like. I yeah. want more of that. I wanted more of that the whole movie. Well, the subtitle for this episode uh, goes along to this and says, you had one job, Warner Brothers. One job. Yeah. <laughs> and it was not to screw up Kong versus – or Godzilla versus Kong. And and I feel and, like they did. It's just not yeah. – I mean – And, oh. and, and I, I said this earlier. When you're writing something, know your audience. What do they want from this? And again, this is not one of those things where you you, you need to put a lot of meaning into it, no. or you know, it's comp. It's 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 as simple as a story as you can get. Right. It's a monster and a gorilla fighting, a giant monster and a giant gorilla fighting, and then a, and you have mecha a mecha version of Barbara Streisand fighting later <laughs> against both of them, <laughs> using Axe Caliber from the middle of the earth, powered by Godzilla's yeah. barf. <laughs> One job. One job. I fucking hate this shit. 
<laughs> I just want it to be good. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Every time I think of that, I think of uh, when I say that, I think of Ragnarok when Loki told that oh. to uh, Kirk. It's like, you had one job. Yeah, right. Did Did you ever watch <laughs> South Park? Do you, well, know, what I'm, do you yeah. know what I'm talking about when I say Mika Streisand? No. I like that's So in the first season, uh, Barbara Streisand comes to South Park, and she turns into this big mecha kaiju. And then Robert Smith from The Cure turns into a, a mecha kaiju, or a, a big monster version of himself. And they fight. And there's a, uh, an Asian man like singing Babura, Babura, <laughs> and as they're fighting, and it's it's freaking awesome. But yeah, just Mecha Streisand is uh is what I always refer to as Mecha Godzilla now, um, or re- refer Mecha Godzilla as. Um, but he looks awful. I now I will say I liked I liked how they got to him. You know. Yeah, I like I like I like where where Mecha Godzilla came from. Um, again, though, we needed about fifty percent less of the billionaire industrialist and his daughter from. Um, oh shit! What was she in? Um, yeah, it's Eliza Gonzalez. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, she was darling in Baby Driver. Um, but yeah, it's just. I don't know. Uh, I think if I had to score this one out of of ten um, ripped in half, lost world flying bat things that are trying to strangle me, uh, out of ten, I'd probably go five and a half. I would give it a six, okay. and it's only because the, that end fights are so rewatchable. Yeah, I mean that's why yeah. I gave it a five and a half and yeah, not a that, four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah because i would probably give it a five so if, without without that yeah so. i just i like the fights were great there just weren't enough of them and and it's funny because this is one of those movies where you know what i'm gonna rewatch. i'm gonna go on youtube and i'm gonna go when they have cuts of just the fight scenes and that's what i'll watch i'll see i'll just fast forward the through the movie on hbo yeah. max while it's there um yeah i will not buy this um yeah I was going to watch it again this afternoon, and I decided to torture myself with Invincible. Um, and then after that, I just decided to keep watching Billions. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I finished season two. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, I the thing is, is, is we were excited for this. Like, we were both really yes. excited for this. And, you know... Uh, I remember I texted you on on like Wednesday morning or whatever because I had checked at midnight on on Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning to see if it was up yet. I was like, "Is it up?" And you're like, "No." And you thought I was talking about Invincible. Yeah. So it's like you totally <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah, I, I really did. And uh... but now here's the thing, though, is I hope people do watch it and I hope people do enjoy it. Um. I oh, really absolutely. do. Just like the Snyder Cut. I hope I hope whoever out there enjoys it. And I hope that they can understand why I didn't. Because um, you're a monster? I, well, yes. I am a monster. Well, yes. That, that's uh, not a hero that's, there, that's though. A, that, that is what is known uh, collectively as a given. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I thought, one, Coach Taylor had no business being in this movie. 
Um, did it for what, like five minutes of run screen time? Oh, well, that's giving him a lot of credit. If I was that... gonna, I was gonna say two, maybe. Um, you know, uh, Alexander Sarsgaard is the 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 top build uh, actor, and I feel like it should have been Kaylee Hoddle, um, the the little deaf signing girl, uh, or maybe Rebecca Hall. I I feel like Rebecca Hall had the majority of the dialogue. Yeah, um, Skarsgård just look look like fascinated or interested. Or he focused. looked like a That's... weenie, <laughs> like an L seven weenie, like a big square. Yeah, it. And again, I, I, I again, I'm I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the action of this. Mm-hmm. I just and and again, if somebody if if people can watch this and you know and get through it and enjoy it, hey. And again, because I've seen a couple reviews of people that really enjoyed it, and you know, good for them. This is—I'm yeah. not going to say this is a horrible movie. This is not like the happening or anything like that. This actually has redeeming values, redeeming qualities to the movie. So I would say, hey, if you're a fan of monster movies, absolutely take a look, take a gander, and you might like it more than we did. And that's yeah, great and good. Hopefully, you did. No, I, I, I hope, I hope you do enjoy it. And, and you know, I, I'm. I'm just mad. I'm not mad. I'm I'm just sad that like I'm not. I'm not getting what I'm looking for out of yeah. some of this stuff lately, and and it's not like I'm asking for much. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like with this one, it's like I just wanted to see a giant lizard and a giant monkey throw down. Yeah. Um, and we got some of that, but just not enough. Yeah, just and we got enough. a magical axe from the middle of the earth, powered by Godzilla's barf. His atomic breath. Uh, well, you know, Which, I, I feel like Axe it's, it's probably Cal- his acid like, reflux. Yeah, I mean, Axe Caliber <laughs> is, I think, a great way to describe that because he pulled it out yeah, of the stone. That. Yeah, um, I love Axe Kong Caliber. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the Arthur- Arthurian legend and tales. So, you know, you'd think like, you know, the fact that he essentially goes on that journey. The um, once, in, once in future Kong. The once in future Kong. Uh, gotta be careful saying that one don't want to replace that k with a d um (laughs) but uh i will say i liked i did like kong's ending um and i'll be honest i forgot what happened to godzilla at the end of the movie he does what he does all the time he just strolls off into the water as the sun is setting or rising one of the two usually the sun is rising as the sun is somewhere near the horizon Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. Uh, I love the design of of uh, both, but I I, I love the design of Godzilla in this. Other than his yeah. like cute pinchable cheeks on his on his little squishy face. <laughs> but so he, my favorite. He has a great facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, and it was funny that like one of the videos said you know they could they could relate more to Kong because of his facial expressions. I was like, I actually could relate to Godzilla's facial expressions fine. I feel like Godzilla and I had the same facial expression the whole movie, just <laughs> mild annoyance. Yeah. That's what I said, from being angry yeah. to like, annoyed. He's like, <laughs> It's just like, get off my lawn, Todd face. Well, he had like the scrunched up nose. Like, I'm doing this and I'm by myself in the studio. The scrunched up <laughs> nose and his eyes were kind of squinted and then he like had like a pout on his face. Um, 
It kind of looked like Carl from Up, but without the Captain America mask on. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, that's enough of that nonsense. Anyway, no, you know, like here's the thing. It looks amazing. Um, you know, I, 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 everybody who made this obviously worked very hard on it. Um, Adam Wingard directed this. I think he did. He did a fine job directing like the CG and stuff. I just think he they saddled him with far too many people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There definitely could have been some stuff on the chopping block. Yeah, and I definitely missed uh, Ken Watanabe. Um, Let that fight. fight. <laughs> Did you ever watch the How It Should Have Ended? Yeah, I've, it's been a while. And, and he, well, he's like, let them fight. <laughs> and they're like, what? He's like, let them fight. And they're like, you just want to watch two monsters fight. Let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the and then in the second one where he dies, or at the end when he dies, and he's like, "Let me die." <laughs> and they're like, "They're like, you just want to die to get out of this movie." Let me die. <laughs> um, I, I will say. Uh, so he directed. Uh, Adam Wingard directed. Uh, Death Note, which is not uh, right, but but. I'm going to redeem him here. He directed okay. the guest. I ne- I've never seen that. <gasps> I think that's with um with uh what's his name Dan. That's Matthew Crawley from Downtown Abbey. Yeah, Dan Stevens. Okay, I, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Oh my I, god! I see, I wanna... that like the guest is like it is a super underrated movie. It is like the Brian Kendrick of movies. Um, he's a wrestler who's super underrated, uh, who just retired. Um, but anyway, <laughs> he, uh, like, no, it, it, it is like, it's like the born identity meets the hitcher. Um, interesting combination. Yeah. There. And I am, I am a, I am a huge fan of that. I, I bought that like almost the minute it was able to be purchased on iTunes forever ago. And I, I watched that movie regularly. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to check that out. So. But like, and, and it hits in his defense in Death Note, as terrible as it was, it definitely wasn't as good as the anime. But I wasn't a big fan of the anime either. I stopped watching that like sure. halfway through. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he does a service. It, this is, I I do s- sort of wish I was able to watch the fights yeah. on the big screen. I I think those would have been amazing. So here's but, my thought is we could go see this on the big screen and when they aren't fighting that's where you go to the bathroom that's where you go get a snack that's like you know you just kind of play go little hang sudoku out. on yeah, my you, phone yeah you, you like words <laughs> with friends we can play words with friends against each other um <laughs> but yeah it's this is this is uh the fights would look great like especially in IMAX and i tell you what on on like the 4K beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful 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 um and then, you know, uh, Alexander Skarsgård comes on. He's like, Wah. I'm I'm afraid of the monkey. <laughs> I mean, that was like his dialogue the whole time. He just he screamed a lot. Uh, he 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 looked like you said, like he was wondering about things a lot. Uh, Rebecca Hall was condescending a lot. Uh, her Dr. Eileen Andrews. 
That sounds like a Bond girl name, Eileen Andrews, Doctor Eileen Andrews. <laughs> so, yeah, it, so it was it was just bad. Yeah, they tracked they tracked uh, Bernie down because he likes bleach. It was just like it was. So, there were so many coincidences in this. It made the Goonies look downright like non coincidental. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. Anyway, like I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Movie, cool. But, yeah. Uh, on that note, thank you all for listening. Thanks to Matt and Jess for backing us on Patreon. Thank you, Jess, for the mug and the uh, tumbler glass. They were there. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been drinking out of mine too. The uh, the thanks, t- Matt. The tumbler, the tumbler, uh, did well at wing night. Uh, <laughs> so everybody else had to drink out of plastic cups. Um. <laughs> But uh, but yeah no if you peasants. guys want to join the the peasants yeah the plebs plebs however you say it uh, I thought it was plebs and everybody's been saying pleb um, but anyway uh, yeah if you want to join Jess and Matt on Patreon to get the the commentary episode and stickers and shirts and even a chance to tell us what we're gonna do a podcast on uh, go to po- patreon.com slash podcast. And while you're at it, uh, go over to infospodcast.com slash comicsology or go to the show notes and just click on the comicsology link in this show note on the website. And uh, you can get 30 days free to Comicsology Unlimited and read all 10 volumes of Invincible. And forget about... Do it! To do it! Uh, yeah, I mean, and you can read uh, Nightwing and Batman... Super Sons. Super Sons. And a host Flash, of others. The Return of Wally West. Uh, let's see. Infinite Crisis. Death of the New, Crisis Death of the new Gods. Death of the New Gods. Uh, Tower of Babel. The greatest JLA storyline. Uh, but yeah. Hush. Hush. Yeah. There's lots of cool shit. Court of Owls. Uh, Lock and Key. Oh, yeah. Season three. Or two. Um, what else? The Cape. Not the shitty Cape TV show, but a much cooler version of Cape from Joe Hill. Um, yeah, so much cool stuff. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you have made it this far in the episode, do me a favor and email me. Um, Gangsta Mario in the subject line and your address, and I'll mail you something cool. All right. On that note, we will talk to y'all next week. And if you listen to the commentary for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I hope you enjoyed it. Later. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. The show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from MeMichaelHenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.